we took a survey and we compiled it all together. And these are the, what we're wrestling with over these next couple weeks are the, are the top questions that, that came in during that, during that survey. And so today I want to wrestle with the, the number one question. This one by, by far uh, got more, um, you know, inquiries. And it came in in different ways, but it kind of boils down to this. Okay, you ready for the question? You ready? Here's what we're talking about today. What's my purpose in life? And I mean, it came in different people. Why on earth am I on earth? What in the world am I supposed to be doing with this thing called life? And friends, I'm going to help you today. Get your mind and your heart around, through God's word, what your purpose is. You ready? Let's pray. God, we do just want to ask that you'd anoint this time, God. We we recognize that in these moments that there's something you want to do right now, God. There's something you want to speak into our hearts, God. And so we open up our lives to hear from you, Lord. Anoint that preacher. Help him out, God. But would you help us to hear, give us anointed hearing to hear what you want to speak to us. We're not in this moment on accident. God, we didn't show up here today uh, randomly, God. You want to speak to us, God. Whether we're sitting online or here live, watching a podcast Later, God, there's, there's something in these moments you want to say. And so, God, we open up our hearts to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone agreed together and said a good hearty amen. So what's my purpose in life? You know, so that's a great question because our purpose is often tied to uh, a sense of, of, of meaning. You with me? A sense of significance in life. It's a, it's a great question. Thank you, Ken, for that. Everybody give Ken and our production team a big old hand. Setting up and tearing down every week, making it happen. So your purpose is going to connect you with, um, with, your, with fulfillment, connect you with meaning. It gives you a sense of, of, of destiny. It's, it's your why. You know, I always talk about, I, I like to talk about your why. Like, what's your why? Like, why do you get up, get up in the morning? Why do you move through your day? Why are you, you know, doing what you're doing? And, and a lot of people, they, they end up losing their why. They forget, like, what it is that they get up for every day. And the problem is, is that if you lose your why, eventually you'll lose your way. And there's a lot of people who've lost their way. And I think even in everything we walked through with, with COVID, it was kind of this, it really kind of disoriented us. You know what I mean? Like we, we had this rhythm, we had this flow, and all of a sudden all of that was we, like disoriented us. And I think for a lot of people, we started asking ourselves, I think that this is why this question is up, up at the top. Is like, what on, what on earth are we doing? Like what is life supposed to be all about? Because I just feel a little disoriented right now, and I'm trying to grapple with and grab onto, grab onto, onto purpose so I can be connected to meaning and fulfillment once again. You know, studies actually tell us that those who have connected with a sense of purpose can enjoy deeper and more meaningful relationships. They handle pain better. Isn't that interesting? And watch this. They live longer. And I'm telling you, today, I'm going to help you live longer, all right? You're going to discover purpose and, and, and live longer, right? He, uh, Dan Butner wrote this. I'm going to read it. He said, the two most vulnerable times in a person's life are the first 12 months after birth and the year following retirement. Isn't that interesting? 
He goes on to say this. He says, in fact, you've probably heard stories about people or about perfectly healthy men who died shortly after they retired from a lifelong career. Some researchers suspect that for these men, at the end of their, that the end of their career also signified the end of their purpose in life, which affected their health and well-being. A study of retired employees from Shell Oil found that men and women who retired early, around the age of 55, were more likely to die early than those who retired at the age of 65. A similar study of almost 17,000 healthy people showed that the risk of death, watch this, the risk of death increased by 51% after an early retirement. The study suggests that there may be some risk in finding meaning in your career. (laughs) If the purpose of your life is just your career, you might have missed it. Because, friends, your purpose, look at me, everybody, is bigger than your career. Isn't it funny when we, when we meet people, we go, so what do you do? And what do we do? We're trying, to, we're trying to figure a person out based on this career that they find themselves in. But I need you to understand this morning, friends. Listen to me. God's got more for you than being stuck in a career. He's got a calling on your life, a purpose for your life. There's meaning for your life. If you believe it, say amen. Come on, Amen. If you don't believe it yet, I'm going to try and convince you before our time is over. Mark Twain once said, the great theologian Mark Twain once said, there's two great days in a person's life, the day they're born and then the day they discover why they're born. Yet sadly, 25% of Americans, (coughs) excuse me, you didn't want to hear that. 25% of Americans, adults, sight not having a clear understanding of their purpose and of their meaning. Isn't that wild? What that means is right now in this room, three out of every four of you are kind of trying to figure this out right now. You're wrestling with what the purpose of life is. And when you don't have that clear sense of what it is you're on earth for, your heart gets restless. Some of you are restless today because you just don't understand what you're here for. And so if that's you, listen, I want to help you in the time that we have left today. Now, it's a big ask, but I want to help you walk out of here with some purpose all up inside of you, understanding why you are breathing today, what God is wanting to do in your life today. Can we go there? You ready? So here's the first thing you need to do. If you're going to discover your purpose, You need to do this, write this down. You need to understand first and foremost that you have a purpose. I think there's a lot of people don't even realize that they they have a purpose. You have a, a purpose. You are not here on accident, my friends. Psalm 139, verse 13 and 14 tell us this. Psalm 139 say, for you, speaking of God, you created my innermost being. Do you know you were created by God? You created my innermost being. Watch this. You knit me together in my mother's womb. And if you've been around citizens for any time and you've heard me talk about this verse, I cannot move on from this verse without talking about the moment where my daughter Raya said to me, Dad, isn't it interesting that God spoke the world into existence? He speaks and the, the, the stars are hung in the universe. And it's, it's, it's 
astounding when you look at the universe. It's amazing when you look at the universe. Matter of fact, the, the, the deeper you go into the universe, you, you find that there's even more depth to the universe. It's just absolutely astounding. Amen? And God simply speaks the universe and all the complexity of it into existence. But then when he goes to make you, he knits you together in his mother's womb. Now, I've never knit a thing in my life. But I know people who knit, and I've watched people knit. And all I can tell you is it looks like it takes a whole lot of care. It takes a whole lot of time. It takes a whole lot of intentionality. It takes a whole lot of what color am I going to use and what exactly am I making? Is this a beanie? Is it a scarf? Is this a, like, and there's just this, there's this time taken. When God creates the universe, he speaks. Look at me. When he created you. He slows down and he knits. He gets involved in this process. Why? Because there's so much intentionality. There's so much purpose. There's so much meaning that God has invested into you. You're not an accident. You have a purpose. You have a destiny. You have a calling that has been put on you from God from the very beginning. He knits you together in your mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And it goes on to say this in Psalm. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Here's what that means, friends. is before your mom and dad ever thought of you, you were conceived in the heart and the mind of God. He thought of you. He intended for you to be born in this time. And in this place, and in this way, walking through these things, like God did that intentionally. He ordained your time. What's that telling you, friends? You were born on purpose. You're here on purpose. You might have been an accident for your mom and dad, but you were not a coincidence. You were not a chance. You were ordained by God for this moment. And you need to understand that. You walk around going, I'm here on purpose. But here's what I want to connect you with today. It's not just that you were born on purpose, but you were also born for a purpose. You're not just here on purpose. You're here for a purpose. Like God put you here for a reason. Like there's, there's something that God's got for you. Okay? Listen to it in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. This is the very first Bible verse that I, uh, when I was going through Bible college, that I had the opportunity, the, the, the very first time I ever exegeted a scripture, ever went through and literally just took word for word. We're learning Greek and all this. And, and you take every Greek word and you pull it apart. And, and then you put it all back together and you, and, you, and you look at it in the context of how it was written in the Greek and what it means. And I remember sitting in, sitting in a library, often, uh, often Bible college, and beginning to take this verse apart. And it quickly became one of my favorite verses. And I need you to understand what it's saying. He says, you, you are his workmanship. The, the word there in the Greek is poema. I'll get to it in a second. Poema. You are his poema. Okay? Created in Christ Jesus, and it doesn't end there. Created in Christ Jesus for a specific purpose. Watch this. For, what's he say? Good works. You're his poema created for good works, which God prepared beforehand. In other words, before you got here, he had these good works already prepared. 
And your job now is that you should walk in them. Here's what the scripture is saying. You're his poem. Poema is where we get our English word poem. When a poet sits down and wants to express himself or herself, they write a poem. They express their heart. God says, when I'm going to express myself, when I'm going to tell the world what's in, inside of my heart and what's in my mind and what it is I desire to express, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit down and I'm going to knit you together. You are the expression of, of, of who I am. And then he says he created you as his workmanship for these good works that he prepared beforehand that you'd walk in him. Here's what's happening. Watch this. God is looking down the corridors of time, and he's seeing some specific works that he wants to work with within the corridors of time, some, some mighty things, good works, it says, incredible things that he wants to accomplish, things he wants to do on the planet. And so he looks down the corridors of time and he, time and he, and he sees this work he wants to work, and when he sees the work he wants to work, he then turns his attention to creating you in a specific way, with specific giftings, specific, specific bendings in life, and specific passions, specific, in order to fulfill and live in the work that he ordained from a long time ago. And friends, I think I'm trying to help you put this together, you see. You're here because there's something God has for you while you're here. He, he created you a certain way because there are certain things that only you can do that no one else can do because he put it in you. Not me, not your neighbor, not the people sitting behind you. He put it in you because he intends for you to live out this thing he's been dreaming about from before this day ever was. You were, listen, you're here on purpose and you're here for a purpose. If you believe it, say amen. Amen? You're here for a purpose. So here's what we got to do, right? When we talk about purpose and talk about you living in your purpose, if you're going to be able to do that, you need to start looking at how God designed you. Listen to this logic, right? Like, if God designed me in a certain way for a certain purpose, I can then, watch, I can then discover what my purpose is by looking at my design. Like, God, how did you make me? And if I look at how he made me, it starts to reveal what he made me for or what he wants me to do. Something in my design will start to reveal my destiny. It'll, it'll start to show me a little bit of what it is maybe God wants to do with my life right now. So what I need to do is just kind of have a better understanding about myself. I want you to write this down. In this journey of discovering your purpose, you need to find yourself. Write that down. you got to find yourself. How did God make you? How did he design you? If you have more clarity on who you are, you could have more clarity on what it is you're meant to do. So just stop for a second and think about how God made you. Let me help you with this. Ready? Let's, let's ask some questions of, and, and think through how God made you so we could start to discover our, our purpose. So a few things you need to pay attention to when you look at how God made you is, the first one is this, is how do you, res how do you respond to things? Like on, on, a good on a good day. I know we all have bad days. We all have those days where don't ask me how I'm responding to things because it's not good today. But on a good day, how do you respond today? How do you respond to things? Assertively, that's good. God made you assertive. You could use that. Think about, think about. Um, I've used this illustration before. But I think it's just so it's so helpful. If 
if today you decided to have a dinner party and you invite all of us over, we're going to go have a, and wouldn't it be fun? We should do that. This is all good. Who's, whose house are we going to? Come on, anybody? Anyone off of their house? Anybody? Come on. We're going to go to your house today. And, and we go to your house, and we're having this big dinner party, and spaghetti is served, and, you know, and you, 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 you bring out your fine china paper plates. You ever notice how, you ever notice how spaghetti kind of slides around on paper plates? Like, it's just, it's just like, my gosh, this is, it's difficult. Um, that's why spaghetti goes in bowls, people, okay? Um, come on. Grandparents are Italian. Mom's half Italian. We, we didn't have, we didn't have, uh, at every holiday, it was spaghetti and lasagna. I had no idea there was ham and turkey or any of that. It was just spaghetti and lasagna. You get turkey meatballs. That's what you get. So you're at this dinner party, and you're serving these plates of, of spaghetti, and somebody's walking from your kitchen over into the living room, and on their way, they trip. They hit the ground, spaghetti goes everywhere. How do you respond? Like, on a good day, because on the bad day, some of you are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. On a good day, how, how do you respond? Now pay attention, just watch. Some of you in here, you have this, this, this natural bend toward what, what's called mercy. So if you're, you have a natural bend toward mercy, not everyone does, but some of you do. You, the mercy person goes, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? Oh, I can't believe this happened to you. And, oh, come here. Let me give you a hug. It's going to be all right. And you're just trying to, you just, it's just mercy. Not some of you. Others of you are listening to me right now talk about it. Like, That's not me. I would never do that. That's not me. Because you don't have the gift of mercy. It's not you. Maybe for you it's the gift of help. Like you go over and you're, you're not just like giving them the hug and you're like, yeah, come on, let's get up. Let's get back up. Come on, I'm going to go get you another plate. What was on that? What do you, how do you like it? Tell me how. And what is that? You just, this, you're this helpful person. And some of you, you connect with that. The reason you connect with that is because it's by design. God made you that way. And when, when circumstances arise around you, pay attention to what happens inside of you because that's often a clue to how God has designed you. So I'm going to help you, or I'm going to have mercy on you. Uh, others of you, it's, it's, the, it's the gift of administration. And so, come on, you know these people, right? You're, you're, you're finding out, like, how to get another plate. You're like, all right, everybody, listen, I need you to call up to the kids, get them down here and clean this. I need you to go get a new plate, right? And you just start administrating. You're like the boss, right? You, you got that gift, and you, now you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna go get yourself some, some uh, manila envelopes and, and some, some they, this is administration people, right? They, they love color coordination, and, and, and now all of a sudden they're going to start writing up, you know, scripts on how to walk holding a plate of food so that next time before we do this, we're all going to read it, and we're all, right, administration. They're just going to get in there and administrate. There's others of you that have the, it's, it's teaching, Right, and so you come alongside. This is, this is me, by the way. This is one of my. Um, if you've ever taken like strength finders or enneagram, like one of my strengths is 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 helps. I just want to help. I just want to help you. I'm just gonna. So I come along. And go. Oh my gosh. Like okay. So listen. Um, me. Me. I'm gonna help you up, and then or, or teaching. So I, I, I'm gonna. I want to teach you. I'm always looking at how can I help and teach other people. Right. And so you come along, and you're going. You're going. Hey, next time you're walking with a plate. You're going to carry it like this, okay? Come on, can we try that? Come over here. Let's just try it without spaghetti. You take it. Let's put a little bit more on spaghetti. Let's put a little more. Look at the, You're doing it. Come on. You're doing it. Yeah. And you're helping. You're just, you're teaching people. I, this gets me in trouble all the time. I, 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 I wrestle because I'm watching people just struggle at something. I'm like, I got to 
I could help them. I know I could help them. Tatum will, be, even before I say anything, she'll see somebody struggling with something. She goes, don't. But I can make their life so much better if they would just understand, if they could just, I just want to teach them. You know, I just want to show you how you could do this better and, 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 and help you, you know, on your way. And some of you, you've got that. That's, that's who you are. Others of you, it's, it's encouragement. You're like, oh, that's okay. Could happen to anybody. Come on, buddy. Get back. Right, you're encouraging. Some of you, it's giving. You know, it's, pay attention to this stuff. If you're the giver, you're like, oh, you lost your, you could have mine. You know, here's my plate of food, you know. So how, come on, think about it. What is your, start to pay attention. This is a journey, right, of discovering your purpose. Start to pay attention what happens inside of you in the midst of what's happening around you. Like, where do you go? Pay attention to that because God put that in you. There's, there's a design issue there. There's, a, there's something that God, and before you were ever born, knit into you for a specific reason. So how do you respond to things? Here's, here's another question, another big one to ask yourself is, what am, I, what am I passionate about? Like, what do I just love doing? What, am, what do I like? Listen, what you love to do is often what you should do. What do you enjoy? What just fills your tank? You, you do it, and you're like, I can just, I can just do this forever. I'm just passionate about it. Friends, you, you've got to discover your passion, because when you discover your passion, it's going to energize you, and you're going to need it. You need that energy that comes from knowing your passion because hard days are going to come. Things are going to come up against you. And it's passion that's going to help you push through all the obstacles that are going to come your way. If you don't have passion, you get up against the obstacle and you go, oh, well, it wasn't meant to be. But when you have passion, you're like, oh, no. We're going to keep pushing, right? Think about all the great, like, those that have accomplished ex- extraordinary things. Like, think about, like, Walt Disney, Right? How many of you agree that our Disney here is better than Disney in Florida? Come on, somebody, right? And everyone's like, I've never even been to Florida. I don't know. <laughs> Do you know that our Disney here was, was designed by Walt? He moved into that whole season of his life when he was, when most people would be moving into retirement. He was later in life when he said, we're going to do this thing. And he got up every day. And the reason we have a Disneyland is because there was a passion inside of Walt Disney. He got up and he just kept pushing and he kept, he kept, you know, dreaming and he kept facing all sorts of obstacles. You, you look at the crazy stuff they had to walk through and acquiring the land and, and fighting with the city and trying to build a, you know, a, um, a swamp in the middle of a desert land and all that they, they went to do. There was just so much to it. But the guy was just passionate and he would just keep going and keep going and keep going. Why? Because there's passion inside of him. What are you passionate about? You get knocked down and you're going to get right back up. Why? Because I'm passionate. Every, every medalist that's ever stood on the platform in the Olympics is there because they're passionate about their sport. They're passionate about what they do. And friends, I'm telling you, you've got to find what you're passionate about. Be careful with this because you've got a world that's going to try to shape you and tell you, you need to be passionate about this and you need to be doing that and you should be over here. And here's what I want you just to block all that out. And be honest with yourself. How has God actually created me? What am I genuinely passionate about? That will, friends, give you a hint to how God made you. And you know when you discover your passion, it's going to set you apart. I can watch 100 people do, do a thing. But then you watch the one that's got passion and they stand out. 
what's that thing that when you do it, it's, it's just standout, right? You ever go watch kids play, little kids play soccer when they're, when they're young? And, and there's certain kids that they're just, they're just not passionate about soccer. You could tell, like, mom and dad are making that poor child. They're dragging him. You are going to play soccer. It's good for you. Maybe you're going to get a scholarship someday. No, they're not. It's not going to. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not trying to kill your dreams. <laughs> I'm just telling you, you need to be in church, not out of the. Okay, anyway. But you watch these kids, right? And there's some that, like, they're, oh, they're picking grass. Like just, hey, ball's coming. They're like, whatever, right? And then you got, there's always, 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 there's like one or two, sometimes three, just that are just passionate. And these kids are just going. They've always got the ball, right? And they are, and they are, you got to pull them aside and go, hey, this isn't football. Stop tackling everybody out there. But they got the ball, but you're not allowed to tackle them. That doesn't, right? Because they're just passionate. They're pa- and when you watch that game, come on, you all think about it. There's always those kids, that's, they're standout. They're standout. Why are they standout? Because they're passionate about it. They're just going for it. What are you passionate about? Pay attention to it because it will reveal design. So how do you respond to things? What are you passionate about? Here's another really good question. You ready? Write this one down. What are you good at? Because you know you could be wildly passionate about something but not good at it. You ever watch people who are so passionate about this thing that, they've, that they're doing, but they're just not good? It's possible to be that. And you need to make sure that you're good at what you're passionate about. I mean, because it's, it's painful for us. To watch you be passionate. Anyone, anyone, like, little, little, uh, you think you could dance, little X factor, a little, a little, you know, like, it's just, it's painful sometimes to watch these people, these poor kids that grew up with mom and daddy telling them that they could be whatever they wanted to be, telling them that they could sing when the reality is you can't sing. And they're up there with all this passion and all this, you know, American Idol and America's Got Talent. You're looking going, no, you don't. You don't have talent. You're very passionate about it, but you're definitely not good at it, right? Now, I know every well-meaning mommy and daddy told every kid, and you were told maybe as a kid, you can be whatever you want to be. Your mom and dad lied to you. You can't. You can't be everything you want to be or anything you want to be. But, friends, you can be everything God designed you to be. So find the design God created you to be and live in what he created you to be. Find that thing inside of you. Amen. This is preaching better than you respond in church. Amen. Find it because God's got it. I'm telling you, look at me, everybody. There's something you're a 10 at. There's something you're just good at. There's something that when you do it, stand out. It's like, wow, that's, there's something about the way they do that thing that is different than the way everyone else is doing that thing. Pay attention. Lean in. Because chances are, friend, that's your gift. The Bible calls it a charis. Listen, Romans chapter, or in Greek it's called a charis. Romans chapter 12 verse 6 says this. We all have different gifts according to the what? Grace. That's the word charis. Given to each of us. So watch this. God in his design said, I'm going to take some grace, which is a divine enablement, a, a divine ability, a supercharged from God ability to do a specific thing. He's going to take a grace and he's going to put it inside of you. 
and he's going to put a different grace inside of you. And the Bible says that he distributes, he distributes these graces, each one as he wills. It's like, why do they have that gift? I want that gift. God's like, I didn't give you that gift. I gave you this gift. Here's your gift. Discover your gift. When you know your grace gift, you're able just to do it and do it well because God's giving you the grace for it. Does that make sense? So what is that grace that God give you? So for me, my grace, my grace gift, I, I talked about it earlier, it's my passion. I love teaching. I love helping people. And so I get up here and I do this, and I, I tell you guys, I wasn't, I wasn't sweating behind stage this morning. Like, oh, my gosh, I hope I did. I wasn't, it wasn't fearful for me. It was, it's a grace on me. I can, get, I, can do all, I can go all day. You can't go all, I go all day because I just love it. And I, I study and I prep and I can't wait to, maybe, maybe this will help turn on a, on, a, on a light bulb in somebody. Maybe this will help. I love it. And I'm, I have a grace for it. There's things I don't have a grace for. I asked Tatum on the way here this morning. I said, hey, babe, what am I not good at? She said, helping around the house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, hey, so that's fine. I don't have a grace gift to help around the house, baby. I can't, it's not my gift. God did not give me that grace to help you around the house. It doesn't work that way, everybody. Help around the house. But there's things that I'm not, I'm not great at that you are. You're like, you're a 10 in that. Discover that thing. Someone say, find yourself. Tell your neighbor, come on, tell your neighbor. Come on, tell them, tell them, say, find yourself. Come on, tell your next neighbor. They chose second for whatever reason. Tell them, find yourself, Okay. I genuinely want you to do this this week, everybody. Let's do this together, okay? Let's go on this week, and let's just go, like, reset the stage in your life a little bit if you need to, and just really be honest with yourself. What am I drawn toward? How do I respond to things? What am I passionate about? What, what am I good at? Hey, and this will be helpful, too. Watch this. Do this for, for yourself. Ask your friends, because Sometimes they can see things, the people that are closest to you can see things that you, in you that you can't see in you. They know things about you that you don't yet understand about you. And so you ask, ask your friends, you know, what would you say I'm good at? What would you say I'm passionate about? What, what would you say I'm drawn toward? How do I typically respond to things? Where, where am I? And ask your friends. They can help open up your eyes and help you find yourself. But if you go out and just find yourself, and you stop there, you'll never actually discover purpose. If you know what you're gifted at and you know your passions and you devote your life to your gift set and you devote your life to your passions and you build for yourself an empire and you build for yourself success, friends, you will never discover purpose because purpose is not wrapped up in success. There's a lot of people who've discovered success on the, on the, in, in the wake of knowing their purpose, in the, in, in the wake of knowing their they're, they're gifting, they're waking, knowing their passion. They've got all sorts of success. But what they're missing, friends, is, is purpose. See, even at the top of their game, they could still find themselves longing for meaning. Because here's the problem, friend. The problem is all they've discovered is success. And success will never connect you with purpose because your purpose is actually greater than success. See, God designed you for more than success, he designed you for significance. And it's different. Success is when you've arrived. You're at the top of your game. And you've built for yourself success. Significance is when you've impacted the world. When you've changed a life. 
when you've, when you've made a difference in the world around you, now all of a sudden your life has a deeper sense of meaning and connection because it's not just being spent on you, it's being poured out into others and it's making a difference. You see, friends, the purpose of your life, the good works that God has designed for you to walk in is your life making a difference in the lives of the people that God has put around you. It's your life making a difference at work. It's your life not just showing up to work and doing the work. No, it's making a difference in the lives that are there at work. It's your life making a difference at school. Your life making a difference in the home and making a difference in the marriage, making a difference in the life of that child. Purpose is discovered when you can take all this design that God put inside of you, the way that he created you, what you're good at, what you're passionate about, what, all of that, and you then use it to make a difference in the life of somebody else. You start changing landscape around you. You see, that's when you get connected with your purpose. So yeah, go find yourself. But you better write this down too. You then need to lose yourself. You find yourself, but you then got to lose yourself, friends. You're meant to be a difference maker and a world changer. You'll get stuck in a career if you don't realize that there's actually a calling on you that's bigger than your career. It's to make a difference in the lives of the people around you. Mark chapter 8, verse 35. Jesus said this. Jesus said, whoever wants to save their life is going to lose it. So if you go out and you pour all of your time and energy and effort into you, you trying to save your life and, and build your life and, and have success in my life, and it's all about me, and you spend all of your time and energy and effort, money and resource and gift, and it's all spent on you. He says, if you try to save your life, you lose. You feel it. You're stuck. But, he says, whoever loses their life for me and for the sake of the gospel is going to save it. When you... When you take this life God's given you and you choose to lose it for the gospel, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna lose it for others. I'm gonna pour it into others. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to others. I'm gonna show up and just let what God has given me be a gift to others. When you do that, he says, you will save it. All of a sudden, there's life in life and purpose in life and meaning in life and joy in life. And there's just this thing that happens when you can pour your life out for the sake of others. That's where purpose is found. So the question is, what has God given you? How has God designed you? And then the follow-up, very, very important question, how can I use what God has given me? How can I use the design he's put on me to change the life of the people around me? to build the life of the people around me. When you can connect those two, listen, when you can figure that out, and we're gonna go on a journey together, friends, this week, come on, and be praying for you on this, you'll discover purpose. One last verse. In Isaiah chapter 58, 
Isaiah 58, the children of Israel find themselves in a place where they're doing all sorts of religious things, right? They're showing up to church, and they're, they're being religious. Matter of fact, they're in the middle of a fast, right? Uh, they're, they're dedicating themselves to God, it would seem. God speaks to them in the middle of all this religious activity and all this that they're doing, and here's what he says as we close. He says, is this not the kind of fast that I have chosen? To loosen the chains of injustice and unite the cords uh, and, and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Like they're going, God, we're fasting, we're showing up to church, and God's going, hey, this is not all supposed to be just just you showing up to this place and doing this thing. Isn't what I've called you to do, what I've purposed you to do, bigger than just this religious activity? Isn't it about you going and helping some hurting people, feeding some hungry people? Watch this. Then, when you do these things, then your light's going to break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. When then? Then? Then when? When you pour your life out into others. When you start not just doing religious things, but practical things that help people. Look at the next verse. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing of the finger, the malicious talk, if you, say this with me please, spend yourself. Say it with me, spend yourself. If you spend yourself in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, watch this. If you spend yourself then, then your light will rise in the darkness, and your night will become like the noon day. Then the Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. Then you will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose water never fails. When? Then. When you, what? Spend yourself. When you spend yourself. God, why does it feel like a scorched land and I don't, I don't have any strength? Why do I feel so dry? God goes, spend yourself. Pour out yourself. God, where's the guidance and where's the direction and why am I not hearing? I just, spend yourself. Spend yourself. I'm telling you, there's something powerful found in the moment we get over ourselves and we begin to spend ourselves for the sake of others take what God has given me and I dish it out. When I talk to people who say, I just feel so dry, I feel so, my biggest encouragement, go find a place to pour yourself out. Take what God's put inside you and just pour it out. And as you do, what you find is that as you're pouring out, God's gonna pour in more than you could ever pour out, overflowing when you spend yourself. Someone say, find yourself. Someone say, lose yourself in Jesus' name.